Christians, man, they wait till Sunday to have another person tell them what's in there and interpret it their way. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, as many people it is on earth, like, you really think there's one interpretation for this? Peace and light, y'all. You are listening to another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things regarding self-development and bettering your spirit, but from the homie perspective. Somebody who's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey, y'all. This is Maria, The Spiritual Homegirl, and this is another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. Now, before we get started, you know I cannot do anything regarding any episodes without thanking you all for listening. Out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are out there in podcast land, you choose to leave me your ears for about a week or so, and I highly appreciate that. This episode literally came out of thin air, like literally. Um, I did not have a plan to do this episode, but then I had an experience on Sunday, and then I talked to my producer about it, and it just kind of it just happened. So this is a very um, raw, unscripted, unprepared conversation with one of my friends about Christianity. And um, the person that I'm actually speaking with, it's funny because y'all may know him in one capacity, but I know him in a different one. And um, he is 1-O-A-K. You know, I always say he's like a, you know, R&B extraordinaire. You know, he'd be out here, you know, doo-wopping and show-stopping and styling and songwriting and profiling and all that good stuff. But for me, he's Brandon. And Brandon is actually the producer of my show. And I may have hinted at it a few times, but, like, he's he does virtually everything, like, if he ain't out here, you know, he, you know, channeling his, his Stevie Wonder on and shit, you know, he also produced my podcast every single episode for the past year. And he also is a devout Christian. So I'm pretty sure you guys are wondering, like, yo, you don't really subscribe to no kind of religious ideology, but yet you have a producer that listens to all of your episodes and you have people with, you know, views that might not be as similar to his or they might be completely opposite. So it's like, you know, I've always wondered how he felt. Um, producing my podcast you know with him being such a devout Christian but it actually works like we end up having some good discussions when necessary about him but I've never discussed with him on record about his own faith so we're actually going to speak for a while um, a good bit of time we did about Christianity and you know why it gets the bad rep that it does as well as you know what's Christianity for him and why it's not really what we see um, at least for me I know I, I came from a prosperity era so you talk about our you know similarities and differences in our Christian experience and how it's helped shape him. And this is not a situation where we're trying to convert you. If anybody, if y'all know, if I'm the last person trying to convert you to anything, but I am in a understanding phase in my life and I'm not going to judge something that, you know, that I'm not in. I, I would like to rather understand it. So Brandon was very gracious to um, talk with us and share, you know, his experience with us. So if you're interested in getting a, a different point of view, just for the sake of understanding, um, enjoy. Peace and light, y'all. I am chilling with my homeboy, Brenda, a.k.a. Brandon McFarland, a.k.a. 10AK. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Town good. business, right? Hello. East <laughs> Stokeland. Let's get it. Um, I was really glad to be able to speak with Brenda, as I call him, because, well, it's a bunch of names. But the thing about Brenda that I think is interesting is that he may or may not know this, but about a year ago, I went to one of my favorite readers for just like, you know, for fun, checking out what was going on. And... She told me, well, after she pulled a card, she said, there was a man in your life. And I was like, yeah, in what way? And she's like, no, no, no. She's like, I'm not really saying, well, it could be romantic, it could not be romantic, but there's a man here, according to this card, that's going to bring you to church or take you to church. 
And I kind of like looked at her crazy and I was kind of like, girl, what the hell are you talking about? But I realized. When was this? This was about sometime last summer. Okay. So, wow, it was a year ago. Wow. Okay. It was. And um, around that time, me and Brenda struck up a friendship and it was like a, like a weird ass seed that kind of was planted like five years before us know the story. But. We ended up becoming friends, and I realized that he was one of the few friends I had that was a um, devout Christian. Devout Christian. Was that accurate? Yeah. Okay, okay. I just wanted to echo it, <laughs> you know, so I'm very proud of that. So, and yeah, and he does, you know, secular music, and he was explaining to me, like, his church and things like that, and how um, he gave me a different aspect of Christianity that I was not used to. Um, I'm kind of from the mega church capital of the world. And that is Atlanta, and I've had some experiences. Yeah, who, that, is Creflo Dollar out there? Yep. Who else out there? Eddie Long was out there. You know, he's, he's gone Long, now. Crazy. You know? So those kind of churches. It, so yeah. if those are like the top two. You know, there's a whole bunch of churches that are beneath. You know, not beneath, but they're um, not as popular, but they have the same kind yeah. of purpose. So I just thought that was kind of it was a turnoff for me. Black church is what you're saying. No, I mean because my black church in. Well, my, my home church is Hearts Girl Baptist, and it's in a really small, small town called Ranch, Georgia. It's 5,000 people in that city tops. Church was built after reconstruction. The baptism pool's under the floorboard. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like, lots of records. Like, it's a very yeah. small church. No drum set, off-tune piano. All you hear is the old ladies humming in tune, big mm-hmm. old hats. You know, your cousins might be deacons or ushers or, you know. So it's always kind of been a very small home church. Um, Reverend Jones was our, well, was our our um, our pastor, and he had gold teeth. You know what I'm saying? Like it was cool. It was like a a real. When you say he had gold teeth, do you mean he had he had one gold tooth? Or he did. He had, okay, there he we had go. one gold tooth, and he was always That's it was always cool. <laughs> it was a very like it it was a very close knit kind of um, community. And then once my mom and my stepdad married. We moved over, you know, to different places in the United States, and there were different types of churches, and it was cool, but it never resonated because it wasn't home. Right. Get to Atlanta. I'm 13. I go to a church, which I remain nameless, and I noticed that things change. I noticed these churches are huge. It's not hundreds of people. It's thousands of people. It's mm-hmm. double level, like this levels. It's upper mm-hmm. levels and lower levels of buildings, and I thought it was interesting. I also noticed that, you know, my family wasn't, I ain't going to say we, we ain't ever, like, struggle like that, you know what I'm saying? But I remember seeing... Some of the preachers drive off in Bentleys and Rolls and, and Lexuses and, yeah. you know, really, really nice cars. circulating in the building, basically. Yeah, and then even when they would talk about haters in their sermons, you know, I got a custom-made suit on. I'm thinking in my head, well, how much does that cost? You know, preachers must be out here getting it. That's what I was thinking. Yep. But And what and what does that have to do with anything? You know what I'm saying? Like, what does right. that have to do with anything uh, involving uh, the Bible and God and we can go on and on about prosperity preaching. Like, it's like... That's the thing. It, I, that's my experience. It got really popular in the 80s. And, like, I don't really come from that. But, like, this faith, this practice is, is really old. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and when you dig deeper, then you find out, you know, a lot of that shit that's going on right now is just very strange and weird and, you know, not a part of the the heart of what Christian faith is, you know? I get that completely, but when you're a child and you don't really understand that, and that's all that you see, and you go to another church and that's all you see, yeah, it, sure. it clouds your perception to the point where, like, I was sleeping late growing up, so I wouldn't go to church. I'd be my whole family be thirty minutes late. Yeah, like why? Yeah, why bother? Right. Yeah. So then, as I got older, I said, well, maybe this particular thing ain't for me. So I ended up dating this dude who was a uh, he was like Roman Catholic, I remember correctly, and he yeah. was like, look, if you gonna date me, you gotta 
you got it. Like, my mom don't want to meet no girlfriend of mine who ain't, who ain't at least open to it. So I went to that, and I didn't. it didn't resonate with me either. It was too quiet because I'm used to a little yeah. bit more of a yeah, a little bit more, you know, yelling and things like that. And I was like, okay. Then I just realized, like, I started seeing, like, how people acted in the name of Christianity. And, again, this is, this is like, 20, 22-year-old me at the point, you know, at this point. And I was like, you know what? I don't believe – none of this has really resonated with me. I'm going to take a break. And then that was it. So yeah. – once you took that break, you probably started reading other things. Yep. That did resonate with you. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, so, yeah, that's tight. But explain to me your experience, because you said you didn't come from the prosperity teachings of the 80s. So, what did you come from? Uh, I came from a church called Love Center Ministries, founded by um, my godfather, um, the late Bishop Walter L. Hawkins. And... He and his family um, were uh, traveling musicians. Um, at the core of his theology was love, right? Mm-hmm. So we're called to love, and whatever, however you came to church or however you came to know God or you came to experience Jesus, uh, those things weren't, we didn't, we didn't judge you about those things. If you came, um, you know, back in the day, my dad called them like cross-dressers or whatever. Like today we would call them trans people, right? If you came, you know, wearing a dress, like we wasn't shocked. If you came um, off the street, like you just got finished, you know, working the street and you came in there cause you needed, you know, um, a word or whatever we didn't judge you and that was pretty much the house I came up in and it was just really eclectic and there were all different people from you know all different sorts of walks of life and there's a lot of art and music involved and and yeah like I I was probably about 13 or 14 when I really started listening Hmm. and and it was really it was really with my mother, because my mother would make me read the Bible starting at Genesis, like for real, like the beginning. Dang. Up until, and I read most of the Old Testament when I was in my teens or whatever. It was like a punishment. But, yeah, my mom was sick with it, though. Like, And she had these maps where she would, where you can see, like, the land now. Yeah. And, you know, Israel and, you know, all that whole side of the world what it was back then and i had to like match the cities and shit like just my mom was really about it my dad's my biological father is also a pastor so all this stuff i had i had to live out in my childhood but not until i was 14 where i was really like okay let me like really like let me try this Mm -hmm. like for real and you know i don't you know what church is like like you know Choir gonna come up and sing. You gonna hear some announcements. <laughs> yeah. You just hear some more music. Then you the offering. You gonna hear some more fucking music. Right. And then, you know, the preacher's gonna preach. Um, but I was just hella fortunate to be really close to pastors and preachers and teachers, and so I got to ask them questions. I got to, you know, after service or even during service, be able to feel like n- none of it was over my head. So 
at that point, 14, 15, I'm thumbing through the Bible, and I got this real special Bible by one of the youth pastors that was a site called Bible for Students. I still have it. It's at the house. But you could flip it to the back, and it'll be like, these are passages in the Bible about anxiety. These are passages in the Bible about depression. And then so I could go and I could reference these things and kind of read it for myself because my dad always told me, like, my dad was quick to tell me, I don't know, which for <laughs> which for most Christians, they hate. They always want to have a fucking answer to something. Like the book is like, you know, yeah. like the book has all the answers and it just doesn't. You know, there are mysteries. Uh, you know, the Bible says, uh, you know, God's ways are above our, our, our ways. Like as human beings, it's, the universe still can't be explained like a lot of this shit is above our pay grade and a, a part of it is referencing that you know there's a big god and that you know we have faith that he's in control and that these things are working out uh, in our favor for our good the universe is working in our favor um but having the answers that's like some weird like conservative christian shit that's like not tight man it really just it makes people like robots and zombies and we're all made different you know right we're all made we have different ideas about the world and we see things different we experience we can read the same passages in the bible and have totally different um interpretations about what it means and that's that's okay that's right. tight and that's <laughs> what that's what you know my people taught me it was like you can you have to read this for yourself. You you develop your own understanding, your own theology. Yeah, it just really makes us all the, theologians in a way. To where it's not like, this is one answer. Well, there is one answer in my religion. And that's just like, that's just like believe in Jesus. Right. You believe in um, um, the resurrection and... Uh, you believe that your sins are are forgiven, your your past and present and future sins are forgiven, right? Just the slate is clean. The narrative is kind of close to the old Jewish um, Exodus, right? So, like we all know the story, Jews were in Egypt, they were slaves, and God sent Moses to be like, "Y'all free, freedom." Then they had to walk through the wilderness for hell. This is the part they don't tell you. They had to walk in the wilderness for hell years until they found whatever, the promised land or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And so the same goes for Christians. It's kind of the same narrative. It's like, okay, you're a slave to sin or whatever, um, and you accept Jesus, and then you're free, free from all sin. Um, but then he kind of just he says, all right, now walk you got to walk this life in this world. But I can ramble about this all day. All I'm saying is I had good people with me that taught me um, how to, A, read the Bible for myself and develop my own understanding, encourage that, encourage questions. Also said, hey, some, some of this shit, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, And I, I really don't think anybody else, anybody else that comes up in the church, especially the black church, like gets that. I don't really get that. I don't think you got that. I definitely did not get that. I may have gotten it from 
maybe like a you know a Reverend Jones. You know what I'm saying? Like he was always very sweet. Who's Reverend Jones? My home church. Okay. Reverend. That was teeth. Yes. Okay. Love him to death. He always makes like every time I see him, I'm like hey, like it's always love. Or my grandmother, you know what I'm saying? But even then, my grandmother's gonna give me her interpretation. You know? So it's kind of like yeah. I just it was really confusing and it it was a it was a turnoff. So. I don't know. And then as I got older, you know, my mom and dad, you know, you should come to church. It'll be really, you know, we would like you to come. But I'm grown this time, so I can say no. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I can really say no. no. Right. Yeah. So I remember my uh, my dad was like, yo, you should follow through. And I was like, all right, I'll come for a Father's Day a couple of years ago. And I, when I say I was miserable the entire time, I was just yeah. sitting there like, oof, okay, this is. Because sometimes in Atlanta, they time they services. So they might be out in a smooth hour and a half. So I'm literally really? looking. Yeah. On Father's Day? Like, yeah. So, I mean, because you have services that come after each other, so you gotta stay on time. Oh yeah. So I was like, man, I'm ready for one o'clock. Let's run this. Let's do this, please, so we can go eat. So it got to the point where I was kind of like, all right. Yeah, I told my parents, I said, hey, I said, I'm I'm grown at this point. I'm almost, you know, I'm pushing a certain age. I I get it. You want me to be there, but don't force me to be there, or else yeah. I'm not gonna show up. So what, what was at the at the core of it? What what really turned you off about it? Like the one thing where I was like, nah. Yeah. When I was about. 14 i remember um <laughs> with it being so uh so so thick with the services being so many people i remember that that one service i just was not feeling it i remember looking at how they broke down the accounting of because every service they would do an accounting of how much each service gave so they would say okay well, and they would say it out huh they would say it out they would do like a slideshow presentation like it was a big old screen you know that you know the screens. If you can't see, you know you can video and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they would show. Okay, well the the nine o'clock service gave this. The ten thirty service gave this. The twelve o'clock service gave this. The mail donations was this. So we earned last week a grand total of X Y Z. Now, for some oops, for some reason I felt like they were this this one day. Fourteen year old Maria felt like they was playing with me a little bit because I felt like the way it was set up this time around. And maybe my mind was just thinking of it this day. I feel like they were putting it to be competitive. So yes. it was like, okay, well, y'all Definitely. ain't giving it up. You, you didn't feel that way. That's what was happening. So I didn't like that. And they did it all the time. And then that one day, my dad was ready to go because it was Sunday. He wanted to catch the game. So it was football season. Mm-hmm. So we was going to leave a little early. And I remember the the pastor uh, telling us, you know, they have senior pastor, then, you know, junior pastor, then, you know, pastor, whatever. So I remember them saying, hey, ushers, make sure you look, you make sure you, you know, check the doors because we got a video we want y'all to see. A seven-minute video. I'll never forget. It's a seven-minute video. It's not going to take too much of your time. We request that everybody stay. But the thing about the Lord's house, you really can't make nobody stay if they don't want to stay. Yeah. My dad was like, hey, man, let's go. So we giving up and we getting ready to leave. And the ushers would not let us leave the building. He wouldn't. Now, while my dad is like, yo, you going to let us out? Like, like, what are, like, are you serious? Yeah, it's very I weird. I turn my head and I see this 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 thing that they're talking about and it's about the building expansion how they want to move into a building and how you know we're going to do a 90 day covenant we're going to give all we can and i'm pissed what's the new building for expansion to to house more people they want to move into a larger building they want to build a whole new facility multi-million dollar facility as well as acquire some apartments nearby for the elderly and they wanted us to give as much as we could and i thought the timing of that was really bad so looking at the accounting and then that video, and then we can't leave. I said, "Oh, this ain't really what I. This, this is. I don't want to go here no more." Yeah. And since that all the churches were kind of similar, I was like, "I'm cool off a of church forever." I remember telling my dad, "I don't want to go back there." He said, "Well, that's the church we chose." I said, "You chose that church. I didn't choose that church." He says, "Well, you're in my house, so you gotta go." 
And that's when I started rebelling. I started sleeping in late or I stay up really on the phone or on AOL Messenger or something. Yeah, I would always find ways to, like, make sure I was up late so I wouldn't wake up on time. Yeah, that's hella weird, man. Like, honestly, who knows sometimes where that money goes and to who it goes. And you already said, like, you've seen pastors roll around in, in you know, $100,000 cars, mm-hmm. living in fat-ass houses. Right. And it, yeah, man, that shit's not, that shit's not tight. Honestly, it might be, it's not just a black church thing, but there's the majority of black churches, mega churches, there needs to be a um, more transparent way of like where the community can see what's being done with the money. Right. And by community, I mean not just the fucking church, like the the city and right. the whole deal because, you know, if you're not... If you're not helping people with the money, then then there's no reason for you to be, you know, raising money, man. It just feels wrong. White churches, be they be taking their money. I'm going to tell you what they do with their money. They take their money, and I don't really all the way agree with this shit either. They take their money, and they'll get a group of people, missionaries or whatever, and they'll go to Thailand or Sudan or somewhere, and they'll go yeah. build a church there. That's what Boo's church is, like Mosaic out here in Hollywood. She took me. Okay, y'all, so I I don't know if y'all seen my post. By the time y'all hear this, it'll be a couple days ago. I did a poll for y'all, and I said, where am I? And I said, I'm at yoga or I'm at church? And 94% of y'all said that I was at yoga, but the gag is I was actually at church. My girl Boo would not um, rest until I went to Mosaic where she said, Maria, just come, just come. That's my friend. I said, you know what? I'm open to a good word. You feel me? Doesn't mean I'm committing to anything. Doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, jump back in the game. But I'm, I'm down to hear a good word. And that's actually what Mosaic did. I think they have some people that's in Malawi right now. And they're using church money to, like, free people that can't pay $10 fines because they're too poor to pay it. And they're not they're not guilty. So that's what I'm talking about. they're working on doing stuff like that. So I think that's interesting you brought that up. That's what I'm talking about. Like, the thing about Christianity is, like, it really calls you to have extreme, extreme amounts of love and empathy for the world. And before you can tell somebody about anything, before you can teach somebody anything, if they're hungry, then you got to feed them, point blank, period. And you can look not far from where these churches are built and see people hungry, man. So, like, at the very base, like, where's your heart? Where is it at? You know what I mean? Are we just sitting here talking to each other about, you know what I mean? Like, like, literally preaching to the choir? Like, that's not tight. That's not tight. It doesn't save people. You know? So, that's what I'm all about. I mean, that's that's what I read in the book. <laughs> you know, people don't like to preach it, especially televangelists, and because it doesn't get them the dollar. And, shit, I'm sorry for you, but that's not how this works. It's not. I'm here to dispel the myths. What's some other myths? So, also, like, in terms of how people are not going to say this, what do you think of, think about the state of our country, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have an official language. We don't have an official religion. But we tend to run, quote-unquote, run our country based on supposed Christian ideals. And I think that it gives... Christianity already, you know, Christianity already has a, a really weird rap. Why do you feel that's the case? Well, what ideals are those? I, shit, honestly, they claim it's Christian. They claim it's Christian. Yeah, but that's like, what I'm saying. Like, it's so the false it, claiming of it. Of where, do, the, where do they say that 
Where they say that it's a Christian nation? Um, the racists do actually. I don't, but you know, racists always want to bring, you know, Christian. It's Christian ideals, and you're actually it's, that's actually a really good question. What ideals are there? Because technically, if it's about yeah. love, it's not a Christian yeah. ideal. Okay, so given that, you know, we're in like this technology age where everyone has an opinion. Everybody can be a scholar if they want to be. Everybody can, you know, be can well, they? If they ain't read no books, can, can they? Can look, you know, can A for effort and F and E for effort. You already know this. That's a whole different yeah. thing. But you know, everybody has a voice, so to speak. So you know, and sometimes people say the pain is fact. So I'm saying all that to say, basically, when it comes to other religions, actually, I saw an argument on um, was it the Free Roots page. Shout out to Mike and Dad from the Free Roots. They show love a lot. They're definitely friends of the show. But they always post about how you know, I remember Dick Gregory also saying um before he passed that on Instagram, he said the black church is one of the largest um, institutions in black America or something, something along those lines. It is. And I remember people trying to argue him. No, elder, that's not the case. You know, Muslim, you know, Muslim, I'm Muslim and Islam has been around much longer and other stuff. And he made a follow up post and said, I didn't post it to debate with y'all. I said what I said. <laughs> I'm just telling you that and that's i low-key miss that about him but yeah r.i.p right and um he was like i said what i said whether you want to agree with the influence in the community it is one of two large you know of the largest institutions in black america so i'm saying with with that being a thing because it's true and the argument of well christianity is the newest religion with respect to all the other ones that's been around like what do you what do you say to that and for me they're two different conversations. Like, as a black person, I can always say that I don't care what religion you come from or what religion you subscribe to because as black people, we need unity. And then as a Christian, our religion, our theology, you know, it's, it's monotheism. At best, it's it's to unify the world, right? Yeah. Under one God. Um, so... So yeah, man. Like I think we're in a state of, of confusion, and we can't unify. And it's because of all these different things, religion included, sexual orientation included, uh, age included, right? Old people and young people funking all the time. And so we have enough just to deal with that. We kind of just have to like put on pause for a second to to be on one accord. And it's hard to be on one accord, man. Um, take it from being a anybody that follows a religion. You know how hard it is to be on one accord. There, there, are different sects of S E C T, <laughs> sects of religions in Christianity. They're in the twenties. You know what I'm saying? Like Baptist, Methodist, Protestant. You know, Catholic, like. And my whole thing about that is, let's just all read the Bible together. Like. Even Christian Christian religions to other religions, like our practices aren't that far off. You know what I mean? So that's what I say. Dick Gregory was right. It's this it was in the sixties. It wasn't like that in the eighties. Not not like that after Rodney King in the nineties. It ain't like that right now. It's you know, it's a whole different ball game and so you know, I feel like, you know, we just have two I have two callings as a black person and as a Christian, as a black person to kind of be able to speak truth to light when it comes to racism and white supremacy, just do my best to call it out whenever I see it at any point, at any level. 
uh, whether it be my friends or at my job or, you know, in the community or whatever. And then as a Christian, too, you know, there's this concept of holiness, a place in God where you're you're very close to him, and that's transformed you. It transforms the way you act, the way you talk, um, the way you communicate with people. Um, and it's a very it's a very beautiful place. People spend their whole lives to get there, and that's the journey I'm on as a Christian. You know. Okay, so with the concept of holiness, I mean, your definition is your definition, which I, I get that it makes sense. But then, where did the disconnect come when it came to how you conduct yourself? When it, like, I know I had a homegirl's apostolic; she couldn't wear pants. Or, you know, so, like, I remember my, my dear, my, my dad's grandmother was AME. She couldn't play cards. So yeah. it was like, you know, it was certain things that start to govern your lifestyle yeah. in the name of Christianity. And it's like, at, like where did, I mean, especially with mm. you being a secular music artist. And that's all that stuff, all that stuff is from a different time, you know? Mm. It's just from a different time. Like, nigga, cards... As my dad would say, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? Like, what does that have to do with anything? You know, cards, pants. We talking about pants. We talking about women, preachers. My auntie, my auntie, one of my dad's best friends grew up with. You know, she's been to the White House. She's thinking about the life, literally the lives she saved. For her to be, for her to be silenced just because she's a woman is fucking ridiculous. It was ridiculous and it was ridiculous in the 20th century is ridiculous now right and so you know some of those things are just really just dated things and then some of those some of the things in the bible like this week i was really i was really um i felt ashamed of myself when the kid died uh what's the name junior xxx oh yeah when he died I'm looking at Twitter, and everybody's like, "Well, fuck that nigga because he he beat up that girl, yeah. and he did actually some sick shit to that girl." I read the uh, the rumor that she like low key lied about that. That's so a whole other story. Well, but, you know, but that's the that's yeah. the charges he was dealing with. Yeah, yeah, he was dealing with he was dealing with some extreme charges. Yeah, and um, you know, my first reaction was to be like, "Well, you know, he was a violent human being," and so. He kind of got what he deserved. Mm. And then that thing in me, what I would call the Holy Spirit, challenged me and said, said, bro, there you go again, judging people. Mm. You judging this man when only you and God know whether you've actually committed a sin or you thought about committing a sin. The Bible says, you know, to guard your mind because what you think you know he counts your thoughts the same as your sins you know what i'm saying like because my initial reaction was me and then the reaction that followed was what we call the holy spirit in me that's you know again above above some some of those things that we just kind of feel naturally as human beings Anyway, but those are this, those are some of the things that don't they don't go away, like as were the pants and the other shit. Like, who cares? You yeah. know whether you're gay or straight. Who cares? 
You know what I'm saying? Like, honestly, who gives a shit? And, but your heart, he wants to change your heart. Right. You know what I mean? I remember Panda telling me, I remember, um, (laughs) I remember asking Panda about you. I said, hey, because you know, at this point, I was familiar with Wiz, kind of, sort of, not really familiar with you, but you know, me and Panda was cool. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so what's up? We, um, like, what is his deal? Like, what is what is Brandon's deal? And he was like, super, like, he was like, he's super Christian. He's going to probably end up having a church one day. Like, he's going to end up, you know, once he is, you know, doing his music and things like that, he's going to probably end up starting a church back home. That's funny that he said that. He dead, he dead ass said that. I remember, and then I actually got to know you, and I was like, this is the preacher, man. And then when, going back to the very beginning of this with the my reader, I was like, it's Brandon. And I was like... Nah, it's not Brandon. Cause I, nah, I was like, nah. So I was in denial for like months. I was like, nope. Yeah. And then I realized, I was like, maybe, maybe it was. Because I didn't really have, I was really like gripping my, my, uh, <laughs> what you laughing at? Go on. I was gripping my belief on, you know, not doing anything church related and just kind of backing all the way off of Christianity. And the only like way I kind of started to loosen my grip was when I actually met you. So it was just wow. That's why that reading thing. Did I ever tell you about that? No. Yeah, it creeped that's me out. Up. I looked at her like, "Girl, I'm about to get up on this table. You tripping?" I'm like, "It's not Brandon. It's yeah. can be Brandon." I said, "It's Panda." I told Panda, and she was like, "He was like, go ahead and get to church then." I was like, "No, no. I don't want to go yet. No, no." And then with Brittany, like, you know, telling me to go this Sunday, I would not have met. Like, I wouldn't have went if I hadn't like met you and actually started to talk to you and kind of get some kind of understanding. Because yeah. I really was going to hold on to that shit for another 15 years. I really was. <laughs> I was pissed. I was like, fuck uh, that. I'm never going to another church again. Unless it's home. Yeah. And then I heard home got a new preacher. You know, I'm funny about my preachers. You know, yeah. I, I like Reverend Jones. So I'm like. I'm nah. funny about my preachers so, too. You know. I'm going to church right now. And it's cool. But it ain't what I used to have. And I mean, shit, I mean, my godfather's been gone for years now. And I never quite got, because it was a mix of. The church had everything to me. It was like, all right, I have music from from the past, which really resonates. Like some of those songs that we made up, we meaning black people, like like the hymns and the spirituals from the, they have power, man. I agree. They have real power, and so learning those when I was young. Um, like gospel music to me has like a couple of different facets. So you have like your choir, your choir songs. You have like your praise and worship songs, mm-hmm. which is fairly new. And you have like your quartet kind of music. You know what I'm saying? It's like Southern Baptist shit, which I'm not supposed to know as a 32 year old man, but I do. My grandma played them still. Yeah, that's some, it's some cold shit, and um, <laughs> and. And then you have your hymns, mm. and yeah, like just, just that music alone, like the the things that they said, like you're listening to people that were desperate, that were thankful on a level that you can only repeat, like, like they figured out the words perfectly about being thankful about love, and you know about forgiveness and all that stuff, and so, um. Never, never have I found a church like that again. And it's kind of sad. 
So maybe you're right. Maybe when I'm in my 50s, 60s, you see I'm giving myself a lot of time here. I know. I was like, really? In okay. my 50s, you know what I mean? We might have to run that back. So actually going back to that, I remember, because obviously, I don't know if you guys know, but like I actually know Brandon. Like he, you know, he's, he's Brandon. So I remember you telling me like you honed a lot of your musicianship and your talent in church so being a secular artist did you ever feel like you were in conflict with that no and i asked my god dad i was like well i mean what, what do you think about you know i'm starting to make beats now blah 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 he was like oh you want to be an entertainer <laughs> like, it just didn't sound right i was like nah man i'm a musician you feel me still but i'm not trying to play in here um because they just had enough it was just enough musicians in the church so i was like i just want to do my own thing and but it's honestly like i had his blessing i have always had my parents blessings like i never had issues like that and um but i know i do know that they exist um secular music and it's just an oh it's just dated we got we can't be this dated as the black church which i feel i'm still a part of I have the opportunity to speak to and talk to people that will never step foot in that building. Um, I was watching the MTV Awards, and uh, the white dude, uh, Chris Pratt, bro from Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know if you've ever seen it. You know I'm a comic book nerd or whatever. Yeah. And he got up there, and he accepted his award, and I thought it was so cool. He was like, yo, uh, God is real. Get to know him. Just real simple like that. Right. And, like, fools don't know, man, how powerful that is. Like, just being able to have that platform, have that many eyes on you, and say, yeah, like, God. Right. Which is dope. And I feel like I, anybody that's in other worlds, um, in the secular world, as people will call it, they have that opportunity to talk to people and listen to people's stories and you know telling them about their stories like honestly that's all the church is really it's just a bunch of people at different stages of their life mm -hmm. sharing their experiences and their stories and aligning it up with the experience and stories that are in the bible which are you know some crazy shit in there man but people don't pick it up for themselves even christians man they wait till sunday to have another person tell them what's in there and interpret it their way. Like, right. it's ridiculous. Like, as many people it is on earth, like, you really think there's one interpretation for this? Like, that's crazy. People will have you believe that God didn't want us to think for ourselves. And that's not, that's not it. That's not the truth. He made us all different wonderfully different and he'd made it for a reason and so we have to start we just have to become we have to become our own kind of scholars when it comes to religions if you say you practice a religion if you say you know i'm a christian but i don't really do didn't find that's who you are for me it's, it's a little different i gotta if i say i'm this way mm -hmm. i gotta really I got to really know what the fuck I'm talking about cuz again like you said I'm I'm in the secular world or whatever. I'm dealing with people from all walks of life. Right. 
and I'm not trying to have no argument. And a lot of times, Christians shut down an argument with, well, that's just what you believe, and I believe what I believe. And you're like, all right, that didn't go anywhere, you know? How many times you had a conversation with that, and the Christian just shut you down? Well, I don't believe that, so you just gonna believe what you believe, and I right. believe. Right, let's agree to disagree. Yeah, I mean, we can, but we also don't have to argue about it. Like we can, right? We can really have constructive conversation and and trade, you know, theologies and yeah. That's all I'm about thinking, man. Use your brain, Christians. So what are your thoughts on people saying that? Because, you know, we go back, like I said, with everybody having a platform, everybody saying whatever they want to say on their platform. I've sometimes, and honestly, I haven't, I can kind of see parallels, but not really. Because um, I feel like with African spirituality, that's just not some shit you're going to get in a few months. you got to study that, for real, for real. As with any type of ideology. And that's the thing. Why is it, when it comes to Christianity, it's something you can get quick? And when it comes to African theology, you really have to dig in. It's like, it's like that whole concept is crazy. And you didn't make it up. You know what I mean? Like, they literally built churches where you can just get your fix on Sunday. Right. And that just ain't how it worked. Right. You well, know? Well, damn, that was, I was going to go in terms of parallels, but that low-key kind of answers the question. So, also, what are your thoughts on, again, with the whole, you know, people wanting to expose the quote-unquote truth? To their to their lens, obviously. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about people saying that the Bible is a made up book? Made up? Uh, you mean like a, a fiction book? Everything is fiction. It's fiction, or it's a oh they didn't they took out certain books and things like yeah. that. So it makes you question like, well, damn, how valid is it if you're we're getting modified versions of it, and why is it modified? Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the Old Testament is is parables and stories that are ancient that are older than the bible you know mm-hmm. i remember when i was how old was i man and i was with my girlfriend at the time and somebody was like i dare you to watch this shit what was it uh zeitgeist you ever seen zeitgeist it's a scary movie no it's a documentary and the beginning of the documentary talks about religion and they basically break down how um uh, what was it like uh, there were several messiahs that mm-hmm. died and rose on the third day, mm-hmm. and it's really in relation to um, astrology and the sun rises and sets and all. Like it's all, it all basically goes back to astrology, which predates all religions, right? Right. And and they said, "I dare you to watch this shit," and I was like, "Yeah," like that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. as a thinking person. I'm like, I'm like, yes, that. That rings true to me in my spirit, mm-hmm. and and over over time in history, I feel like, especially Jewish people who were waiting on a Messiah, forever, that's their whole thing. Um, there was this guy named Paul, <laughs> you know, who's one of the disciples of this dude named Jesus, Jewish dude named Jesus, who set up a lot of crazy. Um, extreme radical things mm-hmm. in his time died because of it you know and and he developed this religion of that was really he was preaching to he was preaching to Jewish holy people I mean you know I'm sure in in, in your religion um, as well as Judaism how long it takes 
to be a person that people call holy. Like that's a holy man. That that's a rabbi, that's a you know, that's a priest. And he was preaching to priests and converting priests with um with the theology that he really he invented and he kind of morphed it into, you know, this practice that really that really centered on um prayer and love and this constant practice uh, and this notion of um, a, a Holy Spirit and all this stuff like that he kind of invented and he picked and pulled from all these things. And I like to think he was inspired to do it by something higher than himself. And so here I am, a thinking person, a person who understands uh, the history or uh, enough of the history I feel like I still need to learn more things and cause that's just kind of my passion at this point, you know, like I'm just not satisfied. Like I'm definitely questioning. I don't question God cause I feel God. Right. I think like as a, as a person of African descent, like we just automatically kind of have a certain spiritual, um, like more in tune to things like that. Mm-hmm. And so and so I feel God and I'm searching for God. Um and again because of how I grew up, this is my path and I'm riding with it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm riding with it and That's what's up. It sounds to me like you're a person that's very comfortable in the journey that they're in and it seems like it's unshakable. At this point, you've been doing it for so long. Tell me about your journey. Uh uh-uh, uh. Let's, let's not flip do that. the script here because, you know, I, I produce your podcast and I really hate when conversations are one sided. You know, like, I feel like this conversation has been one sided no, and it I hasn't. would like this to be a back and forth. I sold you my journey starting out. But then where are you at now? Okay. Some people may have just, what episode is what, 60, 60 something? Like but, 64, 65. Oof, man, that's a lot of episodes. Congratulations. You're almost at 100. Thank you. Big celebration at 100, guys. Uh, Spiritual Homegirl podcast producer Brandon McFarland. Would it do something special? (laughs) I'll announce it later. I will announce it. (laughs) I will edit myself into the podcast on 100 and announce a giveaway. We're going to be giving something away from Maria's personal things. (laughs) Really? Give you a candle. (laughs) <laughs> something some oils <laughs> alright but um okay if y'all I don't know how do I shit it's weird when somebody got the mic on me it's very weird and then you gonna do this shit while we're recording with no yeah, no notice should, should, like, so where are you at now like I mean you're okay. studying what is the exact thing that you're studying right now you know what I've always strayed from telling people what I believe because I don't want people to do things like I do um I said in the very why first, why not? Because I don't, I feel like I'm just as, I don't want to say I'm just as bad, but it's like, I always kind of struggled with being like a guru or an expert because I don't want to be that. And I think when people look to you as an expert or an authority on something, they forget that they have the powers to be their own authority. Right. Remember, right. you know, their own version of it. So That's what I've been saying this whole time. I've been trying to avoid that. However, um, I remember saying in the very first podcast that I was going through some things. I kind of touched more on my journey, you know, whatever. That was like almost two years ago. 
when I started the podcast, but I remember also saying that regardless of whether this journey takes me into a church or a mosque, which it has recently in the past 30 days, both, or even if I jump back on the wave and I become, you know, Maria Southern Baptist again, you know what I'm saying? At least I can say that I went on the journey to figure it out on my own versus it being something that I kind of was born into that I didn't really have a choice. So I always made sure that with myself that, in my personal life and even with spiritual homegirl which is really an extension of my personal life it's always remembering the power of choice you have the choice to educate yourself on things that you're interested about you have the choice to see if this is something that works for you you have the choice to you know bounce out if you're ready or come back when you're ready so that's always kind of been something that i've been low-key um about but right now i think i'm in a place of wanting to understand like episode was it episode 40 Episode 40 guest, Shannon Dowda, um, shout out to him from Paychecks to Power. He is a Muslim, mm. and he is a very, the same way you're devout as being a Christian, he's the same way of being devout as a Muslim. Mm. So he had an interfaith dinner about maybe three weeks ago um, during Ramadan at the mosque. Like, you know, in Atlanta, um, it's a, you know, Atlanta's mostly black, and his mosque is yeah. pretty much all black. So we go to this interfaith dinner, and I look at the flyer, and I realize that it is a partnership event with, um, a Jewish group. So it's like a like a like I saw the the thing is like them holding hands basically, like saying, "Hey, this is a connected event, no yeah. judgment." And it was interesting. I was gonna do an episode about this, but I wanted to they wait. They share a lot of the same books, right? So, and I didn't want to do the episode yet because I didn't know how I was gonna go about it. But since you put me on the spot, I guess we'll talk about it now. It's so they had a rabbi, a um, a Shiite Muslim, and a Sunni Muslim, as well as um, a minister. <laughs> go all up and talk about how it's important that we get the youth back into the church and because at the end of the day they want to make sure that the church is not only just a church or, or, or a building it's more so of an institution a community so they said they realized that with people turning their way from religion we're losing the youth as well and a lot of things are happening to the youth that they want to kind of step in and be involved to kind of divert them from paths that they may not need to go on right. and they also said even with that we all should work together to save our youth as well as uplift our communities as one unit versus judging another because they're not similar to us. I love that. And I sat there on the floor at the mosque. Like I was when I say I was like out of place. I, I remember as Shana said, "Yo, what do I wear?" Because I don't want to be not you know I don't want to you know offend anybody. Yeah, did they have men and women in the same building? Um, yeah, they were in the same building this time. Okay. I mean, I don't know if that's. A, I mean, I'm assuming that's the thing. But well, yeah, d- I don't know. Song. I don't know how the different types of Muslims work, but. Some- some of them uh, have women in a separate room, right? Praying with, and then the men are in another. Oh, room. when I say like I, <laughs> I was sitting, and I was like I had on like a three quarter limb shirt. I just didn't know I didn't want to offend nobody because you know I like crop tops and shorts and shit. Like I just really be on the move with it. Even now I'm gonna sit on the move with it. I do. I be I be hella <laughs> cute out here, and I didn't want to like offend anybody. You know, I was trying to like dress down, and then you know my grandmother, them, you know hats and suits and stuff so i'm yeah. trying to figure out how to fit in so i don't offend anybody because i don't like to offend people out of ignorance you know if i can do better i'll do better i got you so there was a woman like literally two feet next to me that kneels down and starts praying right next to me and i'm like oh <laughs> shit like she's right next to me but she's in my line of vision with the the program and then i'm trying to move to my left and a woman comes out to my left and she starts praying she faces the same direction so i'm like oh shit oh yeah, shit like what I'm, you gotta do and i text her now like hey man i think i'm in a way of them praying like like they keep sitting like next to me don't need to move and he's like yo like chill out like you're good that's they're good they you know they're not worried about you you're good so yeah, then afterwards yeah so afterwards um they end up serving dinner it was a vegetarian well i had a vegetarian plate obviously 
Um, so um, there was a man that Shanon sat next to named um, Minister Major, as we call him. And Minister Major just um, became a minister. He's, he's new. He's young. He's like 25. And we all strike up a conversation. And he kind of reminded me of you a little bit. And I was like, you know what? Like the way the way he talks about certain things and in a very non-rigid flexible understanding of the time type of way i said well okay this might be maybe the second person i've, I've low-key like had a real live conversation with that might have changed or might be able to kind of open my i guess my viewpoint to at least understanding even like i say even if i don't go back into a church forever whatever at least i kind of understand that there's there's different sides to the you know to the situation yeah I remember he told me, I asked him, I said, so, you know, how do you feel about premarital sex? Like, I was asking about premarital sex, and, you know, he's a minister, you feel me? So, and we were talking about, you know, like, do you really have to find religion to find God? You know what I mean? And he yeah. was like, no, you don't. And I remember being like, ooh, like, we got to talk. So we talked for, like, four hours about just his journey, and I just thought it was really dope. Yeah. So at this point, I'm just kind of more um, on, the, on the journey of understanding. I feel that. That's what's up. That's what's up. I feel like I'm on that same journey. You and know? that's with everything, not even just religion. That's with different levels, like, of spirituality, you know, so. Yeah. I was just telling my homegirl, man, she um, she just kind of came out on Twitter. And, you know, she came out as, as bisexual on Twitter. I just DM'd her and just was just encouraging her, you know what I mean, because, you know, it's just a hard thing to do. Um. And just, just reiterating, like, like, yo, like, don't think for a second that that God loves you any, you know, less than he did before. And, but anyway, that was just a tangent I went on because, you know, just self-discovery and yeah. and going on that journey, man, that's just, you know, it's important, man. It's important to grow as a person, and a lot of that growth means taking these twists and turns. Religion over the years has taken twists and turns and it's gone underground and came back up like can't be afraid to do that right for real all journeys are not linear hell no <laughs> i don't even know if one is linear. right like is there one that's linear i don't think so yeah well another thing i thought was interesting through your whole conversation um about the christianity being a practice everyday practice is that the preacher was talking about how it's now we're now breeding a culture of hate not saying christianity is doing it but he said just in general society culture is just moving towards a more hateful approach and he said that you know him being an el i think he's an el salvadorian he's a he's a either central or that or south american immigrant and he was talking about how you know the children being separated you know with the border situation with trump being the asshole that he is he was talking about how it upset him Mm. and he wrote a facebook post to basically Talk about, you know, hey, let's have some compassion for what's going on because people are being separated from their families, are being torn apart. And he got a lot of hate for it. He was like, damn. And he was talking about how, like, how certain cultures, or not certain cultures, excuse me, certain scriptures talk about turn the other cheek. But he said, even as a preacher, how that is hard for him because his first instinct is to fight back. He said exactly. that sometimes the Bible can be very intrusive and offensive to his own walk because it's hard to do. It's, it's just not that easy. Yeah. So and, I thought it was interesting. And that's why I always always I always kinda chuckle when I read things in the Bible that just directly go against what my what we call our flesh, you know, our flesh man would do. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I'm like, damn, this must have had to have been inspired by something higher than ourselves for us to write, turn the other cheek, or love your enemy. That's what he was talking about, yeah. Like, that's got to be God. Dude, ain't no man want to write that shit. You know what I mean? And so, and so, yeah, like, I always, I always really look at things like that, like, okay, okay, higher purpose, higher purpose. All right, fine. <laughs> Even though, fine. I, you know. It, I, I don't want to do it. I literally talked about this, like, on my story a couple of days ago. For those who know, like, my stories are a little bit more personal than my posts. Um, I don't know why. I just, I guess that's just the way shit is on my Instagram. But I remember, and I've always said this, when it gets to a point where it gets very, very, very heavy, sometimes we have, you know, one isolated incident, and people can kind of sort of process it and kind of keep pushing. But then when you have, like, three or four in, like, a, a week or a 10-day time span, it can really drain the entire mood of what you see online it becomes very hopeless it becomes very depressive and it becomes very angry and every time this happens i mean because think about it you got triple x that is murdered and then everybody seeing his dead body i was pissed about that because i was like y'all keep showing this and y'all not realizing the effect it has on people y'all gonna run y'all gonna run that check on therapy for everyone no right exactly because i was like what people don't understand is that people are not everybody's not trained to see that let alone repeatedly like you have doctors that are nurses and maybe therapists psychologists what have you paramedics you know first response that cool but people that live in the hood they they're not trained no you have you know us that see it on our timelines we're not trained so it's like when people do that it's like isn't some shit worth not showing sometimes repeatedly over and over and over and over i think after the eighth or ninth video seeing triple x in his car like did you seen it yeah i was like come the fuck on like everybody don't want to see that shit so i low-key when I was like, look, dog, I'm not the biggest fan of his. I said, I'm not even saying, I'm not even saying along the lines of he deserved that, nothing like that. I'm just saying, keep that shit off of my timeline. Yeah. So then you have that. Then you have uh, the other rapper dies the same day out of Pittsburgh. Yeah. That's two in one. Then you have Junior, the little 15 year old boy. I didn't even see that. As soon as I saw that, I just logged out. I was like, fuck this. And I started low key going either. through my list and unfollowing everybody. I'm, I'm not finna see nobody murder no child online. Yeah. And it. And it, you almost want to think like, okay, like, at what point do we decide, not just as black people, but as, you know, citizens of the world to unify and do something in it. And like I said before, it's hard to unify to do anything, you know? So it's just really, it really, if I think about it too long, like I get really fucking depressed about it because it's like, how can we change it? What are we going to do to change it? And uh, I just don't have the answers. It's really sad. It's really sad, man. I had a daughter, and God forbid, you know what I mean, that this situation gets worse before it gets better. But honestly, I think that's what's going to happen. We're going to see a lot more until we're completely outraged and something, something happens, something changes. I don't know what this next iteration of like real change is gonna look like, but shit, man. I don't know, but what do you think? Well, I'm glad you brought it back to me because I was like, oh shit, I definitely did not finish my point. I'm tripping. I was basically saying that every, and I mean, I didn't say this on the story, but I do understand why people do turn to religion and even some forms of spirituality because people do need something to hold on to, whether it is a God, a universe. Uh, a planet or a school of self whatever it is i think we do need something to keep us centered whatever whether it's let love is your religion nature's your religion whatever it is 
I feel like we need something to hold on to. So I understand it. But what I was saying in my story was, um, I do think that we have been in the midst of some kind of spiritual warfare for a very long time. And I think the more that people start to realize that, the more that people go to great lengths to try to break people spiritually. And I always say, if you break people spiritually, everything else ain't too hard to crack. Flesh ain't too hard to crack once the spirit is broken. That's what I believe. So I'm like, you know, so I'm telling people, like, protect your energy. Like, this shit is not a game. Like, find something to hold on to, whether it's to hold on to, you know, if you got to disassociate from social media or or toxic people and just kind of be in a bubble to yourself because you feel like that's safe, do what you got to do. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. I do think it is going to get worse. One of my teachers was like, yo, um, you finna have kids? Because I was talking about children. And I remember being like, I kind of have an idea. Because, like, this whole, like, maternal instincts has been kind of, I feel like motherhood has been chasing me for a couple years now. And I've been running, like Flojo. Been running like Gail Devers. Been running like Bolt. Been running like everybody away from the concept. I'm like, hell no, nah, I got things to do, got things to do. But I know at the end of the day that I want a family. And I know that I need to probably start, you know, settling down with somebody's grown-ass son so we can get this done. So I remember my teacher said, you sure you want to have kids in this world? This is not the best time to be having. Like, do you notice the kind of world we're in? You want to have children? Like, you think it'd be kind of selfish? And I was kind of like... Having children being selfish? Because I want to put them in the world. Like, I think the yeah. logic that what he was saying was having children in a world that's so fucked up the way it is, is that something that you really want to do? And I kind of yeah. was like, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, shit, I mean, you know, I always thought about I always thought about adopting too because shit like there are kids that people threw away like right. in real life. So I can see I you being that too. That too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I need some dough though. I'm gonna be having <laughs> kids though. For real. If children wasn't an issue, I would have already had it. Like my three and impossible, as I'll say. So yeah. Yes, y'all like spades. You know, three is like a good number for me. If a fourth one pops, then we good. Three and a possible. Yeah, but I ain't even want to tell that story, but I guess y'all know now. The spirit of motherhood keep calling me, so keep your cute babies away from me. Thank you very much. I catch baby fever, and it's hard to, It's getting harder to, like, make it go away. So, you know, just gotta, I might have to put you on mute if I keep seeing your cute little toddler, you know, playing in their hair or yelling or something like that. Y'all heard it, y'all. Flutter timeline with the babies, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Flood that thing. Don't. I mess around. I'm telling you, you're going to have a playmate. Nazi's going to have a playmate sooner than later. <laughs> Why are you playing? Uh, so, yeah. People need something to hold on to, but then you. I'm always I'm always worried, like, okay, like, like, people hold on to some strange things to get by. So getting by is kind of, you know, it becomes not enough at a, at some point. Um, and this is just me bragging on my religion, like, you know, at least the way I got my shit figured out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, hasn't, it hasn't really, I haven't really run out of hope. You know, you can run out of drugs, you can run out of solitude. Sure, you run out of, you run out of guns to keep in your house. You know what I mean? But, like, at the end of the day, you're going to need something a little more solid. Um, and I encourage everybody. I'm not going to say that, you know, it's Jesus for everybody, but I would encourage people to figure it out spiritually because, like you said, it's kind of a spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. We're not dealing with the enemy we can see. A lot of times people start with searching inside themselves 
Um, for me, that just left me with more questions. So, you know what I mean? Like, I couldn't really stay there for too long. Um, and I have been there um, in my early years, just, like, giving up on, like, Christianity, or I thought I was, because it didn't, it didn't, it couldn't answer some things for me that I needed answered at that point in time in the right way, and, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes your way just isn't, isn't the right way. However you want to feel, if you want to feel better at that moment, right. isn't necessarily good for you, um, or doesn't necessarily bring growth to you. Uh, growth is uncomfortable. Which Damn sure is. It's like, I remember going to the Butterfly Festival about three weeks ago. And I remember, and I always, I'm, y'all know, if y'all really, like, have been following me, y'all know that a butterfly is one of my animal totems, as well as um, hummingbirds and dragonflies and owls and shit. But I always go to the Butterfly Festival because I love kicking it with them. And I always get reminded when I go of how painful it is to be a butterfly from beginning to end. From larvae to being a caterpillar to going into a cocoon. Like, if, if you ever, like, seen a slow-mo of a butterfly coming out of a cocoon, they literally, like, damn near liquefy and then come back out. Like, this shit is wow. And then when they do come out, they're so fragile. Like, I remember um, going into the butterfly tent last week, and I remember seeing butterflies. You know, like, at this point, me and the butterflies, cool. They fly on my hands, and I'll be like, hey, how you doing? Be talking and stuff. And they, like, you know, kick with me, walk around and stuff. You know, like, it's to the point where I'm cool with them like that. So I remember, like, some butterflies would come on my hand, and I know they would be intact. Then mm-hmm. I see a butterfly, and they have, like, tattered, like, ragged yeah. wings and shit. And I, I'm just like, wow. Like, they're so – and then when they do end up coming out of their cocoon, they become beautiful and transparent, and, and they fly around. They don't, they don't live long. They don't. They're like yeah. some of them take the journey down to Mexico. There's like a whole bunch of conservatories, and I don't know what it is about monarchs in Mexico. I gotta figure that out. But like, you might die on the journey there. So it's just like it's really interesting. Yeah. Like how that works. Yeah, that's the whole process. Even I'm looking at my baby, and I'm like, yo, it's a lot of this. A lot of this is everything's new for you, and it's all fucking uncomfortable. I'm looking at your baby face, right. and you're not feeling a lot of this shit. You're not feeling <laughs> gas. You're not feeling. <laughs> Uh, laying on your back right or laying any type of way until you sleep but like like it's all uncomfortable and I always um I always balance it with the things I read in the bible it's like okay when you become a Christian you're born again and if you're born again like you you literally can't you can't eat food yet like, there's certain things in the Bible you can't even digest yet. Right. You need to know the basics. You need titty milk. <laughs> then you need, you know, you need <laughs> you need me to, to uh, whatever, uh, cut your food up for you and oh, give it to yes. you. And, you know, then you can walk. Then you can, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, so that's how I look at the process of the Christian faith. You have to. And and God never leaves you. He's your dad. He's like dad. He's he's trying to he he sees where you want to go, and he's like, well, I'm gonna design it so you can get there. Mm-hmm. But shit, man, everything's not gonna be. I'm not gonna carry you there. You got to get there on your own. And so, um, it's not easy. It's life. This shit is hard. But it's very comforting for me to know that. Um, 
or to believe and feel, have a knowing inside of me that that um, I have a father and my father controls all of this and that he's working for my good. Same thing, like the universe is, right, I was is gonna working say, for my good. Exactly. And that was this week's episode with my partner, them, Brandon McFarlane, a.k.a. 10, a.k.a. All Day, a.k.a. Brandad, a.k.a. Uncle Brandon, a.k.a. Branduck. If you want to find him, you can do so on Twitter or Instagram at 10AK all day. Um, if you want to find me, you can find me at spiritualhomegirl.com, Instagram, and Facebook, and YouTube, Spiritual Homegirl. And um, it's been a lot going on, y'all. I've been saying, like, life is awesome, or I'm so excited. I am super excited. I got a preview of something that I've been talking about for the past months pretty cryptically that I've not been telling y'all about. I saw the preview of something that I've been waiting months for, and I'm really honored to have an opportunity to share with you all very soon. Hopefully, July 10th will be the date. I am not sure what day that is on. Um, I should check the calendar. No, it's not going to be on a Thursday. Nah, but I'm really excited to share it with you all, so please mark your calendars first part of July because I think that what I have going on is going to go live very soon. I talked to the people about it, and we went over some final um, drafts and some final information, and it's it's monumental for me as a woman as well as for spiritual homegirl and i'm really excited about that also um another thing that i've been dealing with i know i've talked about me being uncomfortable for the past few years and uncomfortable not necessarily meaning unhappy but i just want to remind you guys that it's okay to be chilling in the moment of i mean being uncomfortable uncomfortable well uncomfortability ain't a word so fuck that but yeah it's cool to be like comfortable being uncomfortable um, I've actually had to learn how to sit my ass down and be still a lot and really kind of assess what's around me. And I know I hate to go back to sun signs and shit. I mean, we could blame it on my area. Some we could just blame it on me being me. But I've always liked to just move, stay on the go, you know. And I realized that it's not the best course of action. I mean, I kind of already knew that. But this stage of life has taught me to really sit the fuck down and really kind of See your surroundings. Are these favorable surroundings? Could you kind of chill in this a little longer? Do you need to make a move? The people around you, are these people really adding, you know, pouring into you, adding value to your life? Are, this, are the jobs you're working? Is this really what you want to do? You know what I mean? Um, before you make a move, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you can deal with the, the possible um, outcomes of not necessarily being as up as you were if you decide to bounce? So I've had to really sit still and I've gained a lot of happiness way more happiness in being uncomfortable than I was being comfortable. And I guess that's because there was no growth happening. You feel me? Like, I'm a different woman than I was last night. Shit, let alone the past two years, five years, ten years. So I'm just really grateful to be able to be in the uncomfortable stage and still live it up and, and live my best life and learn um, to be the best woman or being that I can be. So I just want to tell y'all that it is definitely cool to chill and um, being uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, L.A., some of y'all missed my meetup. That's cool, right? And some of y'all are like, yo, when you doing another one? I wasn't low-key going to do one, but I don't know now. Like, I'm going to be in Rancho on Saturday um, for the Veggie Connection. Shout-out to Latifah and Sasha from Life and Light Wellness. I'm going to be there just, you know, hanging out because they support me, and they let me get on every time they're in the city of Atlanta. So I, when I'm in the city of L.A., the least I can do is go hit up Rancho and spend all my money with all of these awesome vegan vendors. I've been plotting on them for months. When I say I am ready to have my food babies and, and come up there and enjoy the sunshine and enjoy y'all. So if y'all come in the rancher, I'll see y'all there. Um, but stay tuned to my Instagram about a possible meetup. I don't know. I might be at the beach and tell y'all to come through if y'all want. Because um, I definitely plan on doing um, a lot of beach days. And maybe a community service thing. I might do that personal. I'm not sure. 
Something's telling me to serve. God keeps saying serve. I've been, I literally have woken up in the middle of the night this morning, actually, and it was serve, 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 serve. And when this happens, I have to give, I have to get back. I have to do some kind of community service event. Um, and, and I have to keep doing it or giving it another way because all community service isn't, you know, formal or just service in general isn't formal. So until that voice goes away, I will be on a mission to serve while I'm out here as well as doing some field trips, you know, kicking up, kicking it at some different spots too. So I just stay tuned to my Instagram for the next week or so. I'll let y'all know what I got going on, but that's it. Y'all didn't want to hold y'all. This has been another episode of the spiritual homegirl podcast. My name is Maria and remember trust the journey and trust yourself. And, and chill out when shit is uncomfortable. Just ride the wave. Peace.